Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. It's a look at what the show means to any viewer out there. This just happens to be someone who was our two-term president. But you look at where the show was when he started and what it meant sort of through the rise of, of his professional career and how there's always that ability to get away from your day-to-day to watch this show and by design it becomes something that you can sort of set your calendar around it and, and sort of look to that. Yeah. I mean, I should quit today. <laughs> I, I, I can't do more than three more months. If I get out of the winter, I'm good. This is General George Washington and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. All righty then. Um, first of all, let me talk about our friend and longtime little Kevin Burke. And I say friend because he sent us a bunch of stuff. Yes. He sent us whiskey. He sent us his the whiskey that he makes apparently in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Big Nose Kate Western Whiskey. Now, Big Nose Kate, you want to tell us who she is because you know this. The girlfriend of Doc Holliday. Right. And I believe they were, yeah, they were in Arizona. Were they in Arizona when they... Tombstone? No, no. This, yeah. is, this is being made in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I've okay. been to Santa Fe, New Mexico. I will tell you, I think I've said this once or twice before. Um, of all the spots in the United States of America, almost nothing looks different anymore. The mauling of America over the course of my life, when I was young and drove out to California, everything looked different. But now everything looks pretty much the same. Uh, everybody sounds the same. Regional accents are done. Regional stores are done. Everything is, you know, is the mall, and all the mall shops are the same. New Mexico looks different. It, it just looks different than any other place in the country, as far as I'm concerned, in the continental United States. I've not been to Alaska or Hawaii. I imagine they look different as well. But of all the places that I have been to, New Mexico looks the most different. So I'm always, and I, my cousin uh, Nancy used to live in New Mexico, so, and was a jeweler in Santa Fe. On the label, it's a picture of Big Nose Kate, Western, Western Whiskey. It says, and no better friend, no worse enemy. Your business is my business. <laughs> he sent us some bottles of this. We will try it. I had said before, and Sean helped out, and Sean can do this again. I know there is bourbon. I know Kentucky has bourbon. I think, that they, I, think I have Virginia bourbon. Like right over there in the corner, I think, is Virginia bourbon. I'm beginning to get a liquor store here. I'm going to rival <laughs> Calvert Woodley. But, Sean, you were explaining the difference between whiskey and bourbon. There is a technical qualification for what bourbon is, right? Right. Bourbon is a category of whiskey. It must be made in the United States. Um, uh, the, the mash bill has to be at least 51% corn, if I'm correct. And uh, it needs to be aged in new charred oak barrels. They can't be reused. So this, and whiskey, when I was younger, I always thought that whiskey was always the same in the sense that it was rye. It was what my parents referred to as rye, R-Y-E, rye whiskey. Am I wrong on that? Like a seeded rye? Not a seeded rye. Well, no. rye, rye is another grain that can be used, and rye whiskey has to be more than half uh, rye is the grain. So, so anything can be whiskey, and beyond that... There are protocols for how it morphs into a specific something else like bourbon? Yes, bourbon is, is a, it, it, it's a, it's a specific recipe, and it's a national designation, you know, like, like um, Black Forest ham, I guess, where it okay. has to come from, the, bourbon has to come from the United States. Okay, so I don't know any of these things. And what's the old line from that song, Drinking Whiskey and Rye? 
I always thought. I thought. Oh, that's that's uh, Don McLean. Don McLean. Yeah. Yeah. American Pie. Good old boys were drinking whiskey and wine, rye, saying this will be the day that I die. Yeah, and I always thought rye was like a mix. You know the book, the book of love. <laughs> you have faith in God above. If the Bible tells me, don't make me do seven minutes. Don't make me do seven minutes on Miss American Pie, please. Don't beautiful beautiful do bottles, scalped glass edges. Uh, I'm Gorgeous. doing this all based on memory, considering that Nigel uh, presented uh, our side of the table with two bottles that you promptly removed from the oh, table. Oh, take one home, no, please, and, and put it into your stash. No, if you, I didn't. I, I said to Nigel that you basically drank beer. I'm going to have to start bringing the Sharpie over to make sure the line on these bottles is where it should <laughs> okay, be. Okay, so you go ahead and you take one of those home. That'll and I, I and do thank you to Kevin Burke. Yes, thank you, Kevin. And that is, in fact, a picture of Big Nose Kate. That's an accurate okay. picture of her. Very famous. All right, how do we start? We start this way. The trailer is gone. Yes. The trailer is gone. Yesterday in the afternoon. Now, by the way, some information on that trailer. That was not a new trailer. That was the second trailer. Yes. The beat-up trailer. The wider and shorter trailer. Yes, the squat trailer. The squat. Right. With a paint and, job, right? And Yes, it has now been painted all gray. Some of the dents have been pushed out, but not very well. It didn't look very good. It still had... I knew it was, I knew it was the old trailer when I went on one side of it, and I saw that sticker about God's guts and guns, <laughs> you know, that I'd seen on the other trailer. Uh, it's gone. It, I saw it, I'm sitting where I sit now, preparing for PTI, and I see it going down the street, and I can't get up fast enough and get to the window to see if it's being towed by the police, or it's being towed by the kid going into his gap year, and right now going across the country with that trailer. Whatever the result is, it's gone today, but you know, it could be back tomorrow, as we play hide the trailer in Upper Northwest D.C., uh, you know, I, I thank all the people who helped. If they helped get rid of it, I thank them. And I don't know if it will be back. I believe it will be back, or something like it will be back at some point. But I'll, ch I'll check the other side of River Road this afternoon. It's gone now. Do you have the the pile of emails that I gave you? There was a there was some somebody sent something in that pertains to this. Do we know where they are? It was basically a flyer that said, "Do you have a damaged RV? We'd <laughs> like to we'd like to convert it and you know refurbish it Is for you." Is that right? Yeah. He said it came through on the fax machine, which I didn't even know this existed. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was... Oh, that's from Alex Hawley. And it says, came through the work fax machine. I'm going to leave this here for Mr. Tony. And it's a blow-up. It says, S&E fleet buyers, cash for RVs and all other vehicles. <laughs> RVs class A, B, C, diesel pushers, travel trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, Pop-up campers, running or not running, water damage, okay, we pay off loans. We also Water buy, damage encouraged. We also buy all trucks and vans, cargo vans, pickups, box trucks, utility trucks, all fleet vehicles, cars and SUVs, all makes, all models, European and American classic cars, cash payment on site, call for pricing and same-day appraisals, and it's got a 301 number. We're right. calling. Right. 301 number. We have to number. set up a sting. Yes. Buyer from Maryland and West Virginia, and it's got the number. Wow, so that that's gap year, baby. <laughs> Put that in your gap year. Oh, and there's another one here, a haiku for another trailer from Shad. Abandoned trailers, the gift that keeps on giving, sort of like herpes. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize that. I didn't realize they were in business. Yeah, so apparently it's, it's boldly a cottage industry. So boldly like that. Can't do that on a residential street. Sorry, can't do that. Uh, two things in sports, and then we'll get to Tim Kirchin. 
World Series, of course, Tim is going to handle the World Series for us. World Series is over in the third inning when the second home run by the Braves went out after Solaire's first batter, first time ever in the history of the World Hard Series. Hard to believe. First time ever that yeah. the first batter hit a home run. Bang, there was no doubt. I'm sitting watching this, and Carol's in the room. She's not paying attention. Go, that's out. <laughs> I mean, so did your, that's out. Left fielder did not even turn. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even turn. Okay, and then Duvall hits one, and it's 5 nothing. You know, it's 5 nothing. It's over at 5 nothing. So how are it's those over. midsummer acquisitions turning out? Yeah. Pretty, pretty good, good postseason. We'll talk to Timmy about that. Yeah. There's um, COVID rearing its ugly head for the Packers. Uh, that game tomorrow night, don't know who can play and who can't play. Lazard is out. You don't know about Devontae Adams. Um, this is a really good-looking game, except if people are out with COVID. And it's not a good game. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about, however briefly, the Deshaun Watson rumor mill keeps going on and on and on. Roger Goodell said, there's a story in the Post today, Roger Goodell said, I guess yesterday, that there's not enough information yet to suspend uh, Deshaun Watson, to put him on an exempt list where he's not allowed to play, and he's allowing Houston to monitor this. If you read between the lines on that, it indicates that if Deshaun Watson is traded and the new team that acquires him wants to play him, the NFL is going to allow that. I, To me, for the protection of everyone, including Deshaun Watson, who is innocent until proven guilty and has not had any trials yet. You can't let him play. You can pay him. You can't let him play. I don't know how any owner, I don't care what a coach says, I don't care what a general manager says, I don't know how the owner of the Miami Dolphins or the owner of the Carolina Panthers, because they are the teams most talked about as being interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson, so Steve Ross is the owner, I believe, of the Miami Dolphins. And I believe Daniel Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And he's sort of a wild card guy. But even with that, I don't know how you hold a press conference and you put your arm around Deshaun Watson and you say to the good people of your community, here's our quarterback from now on, when he is facing 22 separate lawsuits and the indication is he's being accused of being a sexual deviant. 22 similar lawsuits about Deshaun Watson taking advantage of massage therapists in a sexually assaultive way, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Not one, not two, 22. I don't know if Deshaun Watson is innocent or guilty. The presumption in the United States is he's innocent. But from a... a public relations standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, from a can't-we-all-get-along standpoint, how do you put your arm around Deshaun Watson now and say he's our quarterback starting today? I don't know how you do it. I don't. Do you? No, it's... That's I, I don't know how you do it. I, you have to... No, the fact that you're even thinking of this, you know, of this scenario reminds you of, this, of, of the truth about what sports can mean. And you take a look at schedule and you take a look at the NFL where you have something week to week and you look at the second half and what you might be able to accomplish. And then something starts to creep into that fan base going, well, maybe... And, and it's... You look at this... He's with, a wonderful quarterback. Yeah. But right now, he's not... Should not be available. He should not. 
Trevor Bauer, not available. Should not be available. Yeah. Yeah. Has not been charged yet, Trevor Bauer. Deshaun Watson's been charged. Their court cases do, right? Yes, I believe, I believe that is the case. Yes. Now, they could be settled. They could be settled. This happens a lot. But to the moment that I know of, they're not settled. They're out there like a huge red flag to me. Anyway, we'll come back. We will come back with Tim Kirchin. Yes? That's right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair ad. I now have some personal experience with the X-Chair. I looked at the back of my X-Chair. And I saw there were some buttons. Oh, really? So I pressed them. And <laughs> I got happened? the massage. Oh. Yeah, and some heat and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't do it all the time because I'm really terrified right, you press the of electrocuting myself. <laughs> but the, for people who like actually live in the real world, X-Chair is fabulous. From the first moment I sat in the X-Chair, my body immediately said, oh, this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. And I'd never actually looked forward to sitting in my office because I never actually had an office <laughs> until I got my X-Chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? X-Chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? X-Chair can. It's all in the LMAX uh, LMX, rather, massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for... It's on. I got this. I got this. I, I got it. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort, X-Chair. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free, 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair will be, you'll never go back. Go to xchairtony.com. Right now, that's the letter X, the word chair, T-O-N-Y, dot com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. XchairTony.com. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Elliot Olshansky in Comac on Long Island, who writes, I'm pleased to be able to send along a pair of compositions from my good friend and Dartmouth classmate, not a subtle brag, <laughs> Oliver Kaplan, from his new album, Watershed, recorded by the Juventus New Music Ensemble, for which he is the artistic and executive director. This is Fairhaven Bay, and it plays in Tim Kirchin. Watershed is available for download from iTunes and Amazon Music and can also be streamed on Spotify. Juventus New Music Ensemble will next perform on December 11th at the Multicultural Arts Center in East Cambridge, Massachusetts. Close enough to Cambridge, I would say. With a live YouTube broadcast also available. For more information on Oliver and Juventus, visit Oliver Kaplan, C-A-P-L-A-N.com and JuventusMusic.org. It's gorgeous. It's lovely, isn't it? It's gorgeous. It's establishing music for a Jane Austen adaptation. <laughs> these, okay, but these, yes, these, it's beautiful. Are, these are people writing real music. <clears throat> real music. The house, household is waking up. You know, on, on one side we have Dan Byrne, who's brilliant. Yes. And on the other side we have Oliver Kaplan and everything in the middle. Tim Kirchin joins us now. And let me just start with this. Charlie Morton pitched an inning with a broken leg. I mean, we all saw the ball kick off his leg. We all saw Freddie Freeman gather it in and step on the base. And we all saw Charlie Martin just continue to pitch. You know, had a couple of walks, had a rough first inning. That's a rough first inning. Got out of it, but had a rough first inning. Came back to pitch, and then you find out he's got a broken leg. What? You're in Houston. His beloved teammate on both those teams, 
Richard Justice told me the other day, Tim, that he was the most popular guy on the Astros when he was there. What do you make of him pitching on a broken leg till he can't do it anymore? Tony, he didn't just pitch on a broken leg. He threw 16 pitches with a broken leg. He struck out two batters with a broken leg. And the last fastball he threw was at 95 miles an hour with a broken leg. And then when it was all over, after he explained what had happened, he said to all his fans, I'm sorry, he apologized for breaking his leg. And that just shows you, look, I'm going to say this once, baseball players are the toughest people that I know I've ever met. I've seen people get hit with balls, get hit with line drives, get hit in the head, and they get back in there the next day when the average fan wouldn't go near the plate. So I have a slightly different look at this. I've seen something like this before, but that was heroic what he did last night, and that's why he's Charlie Morton. That's why he's 37 years old starting game one of the World Series. That's why he's banged around so long and gotten so good as he never gave up, even when he gets hit in the leg and breaks his leg. It was amazing. In terms of pitching, one of the reasons I liked Atlanta to win the series was I thought their top three starting pitchers were better. Um Max Fried and Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton, the redoubtable Charlie Morton, who's got a he's a great postseason pitcher. He's out. He ain't coming back. He's not coming back for game five, game six, or game seven. I assume that Fried and Anderson could go two, three, and six, seven if there is six, seven. But what do they do at four, five? What does Atlanta do? That's a good question. That was all I was talking about post-game last night, is how are they going to fill the gap for Charlie Morton? And they already had to fill the gap in one game. Now they have to fill it in two. So they have Drew Smiley, who pitched pretty well in relief. He started a bunch of games. They have Kyle Wright, who they just brought up from the minor leagues. He's pitched six innings in the big leagues this year, but he's stretched out as a starter, so he could start. And they may just do what every other team does, and that's throw a bullpen game and start with A.J. Minter and then bring in eight other relievers and get through it that way. And that's one thing. That's hard to do, but they're going to might have to do that twice. They might have to do that in games four and five to get yeah. to Max Reed in six and Ian yeah. Anderson in seven. So the Braves are now up against it. But, Tony, they lost Mike Soroka to start the season. He's their best pitcher. They lost Ronald Acuna on July the 10th, and they still ended up in the World Series. So they are a resourceful group, but they're going to be tested again because I'm not sure where the pitching, the starting pitching is going to come from. I will, I will not talk about Valdez right now. I'll get back to him, but I will go back and underline what you're saying. The general manager of the Atlanta Braves, they lose Acuna, they lose Ozuna, they lose a lot of people. He brings in Soler, he brings in Rosario, he brings in Duval, he brings in Peterson. If that doesn't qualify you as executive of the year, I don't know what does. Yeah, he, Alex Anthopoulos did the best job. We all thought the Dodgers did the best job at the trade deadline with Max Scherzer and yes. Trey Turner, which they yes. did. But the, the, the best results have come from Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves. He acquired four outfielders at the trade deadline. No one's ever done that before. He rebuilt the entire outfield. And then Eddie Rosario had a league championship series for the ages. So Lair hit a home run to start the game last night. Adam Duvall hit a two-run homer. He led the league in RBIs, by the way. And Jack Peterson, you know, has hit a home run in six straight postseasons now. 
all four of those guys were in the lineup last night. All four of them have contributed greatly, and those guys and the GM are the biggest reason that the Braves are in the World Series. Tony, they didn't get to 500 until August the 6th this year. They spent 126 days under 500. And they're in the World Series because they belong here because they're better than they played better than everyone since the trade deadline. They're forty-five and twenty-two in their last sixty-seven. That's officially being on fire. Can I ask the question that I'm sure everyone has asked, and I've just not seen the answer? What is with the pearls with Jock Peterson? What is with the pearls? Well, as one of his teammates said with great fondness, he said. Jock's just an idiot like the rest of us. So that's <laughs> okay. the deal with, with the pearls. Uh, Jock Peterson is a, a different guy. I like him because he is so different. He doesn't care. And he put them on one day and said, I look pretty good in these. And he kept wearing them. And now people in the stands are wearing pearls every single day. And he got to hand it to him when they asked him, like, where does all this power come from? Is it coming from the pearls? And he said, look, Maybe I'm just a pretty damn good player. You ever thought about that? That type of thing. And that's who Jock Peterson is. And I don't think we've seen the last of him as far as the hijinks in this series and in his career. Uh, Let me get to the opposing pitcher last night who didn't even get any outs in the third inning and was down 5 nothing when he was yanked from the game. Frambert Valdez. The last time he had a terrible outing, he came back and through eight innings of brilliance against the Red Sox. He's going to – they don't have pitching. Houston doesn't have pitching. Atlanta's may not be great, but Houston doesn't really have starting pitching at all. Does he have to come back and be great, or if he loses a second game, are they done? Yeah, he has to be great. And it was so weird in that Boston series because game one he was terrible. Game five, yes. as you said, he was brilliant. And the brilliant. Red Sox were – incredulous like who is this guy this isn't the same guy that pitched in game one and then the same red sox one of the red sox i talked to him during the game last night and he said what happened to this guy how can he be so bad (laughs) in game one so great in game five and then so bad again in game one of the world series so it makes you shake your head but it's just another reminder tony in this beautiful sport when you're off by just a little bit and your sinker isn't sinking and you don't have the Christmas to your curveball, you go from a dominant pitcher to a guy who gets clobbered. That's the way it works in the game today. I've told you this a hundred times. Pitchers that have great stuff when they locate, nobody can hit them, but they miss in location and they miss by just a little. These hitters today just kill them. And that's exactly what happened last night. So I have gone out on a limb, and I'm wrong more than I'm right, but I've said I like Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to win. I think it's, for me, a better narrative if Houston only wins when they cheat and then it doesn't get complicated the way the Patriots are complicated because they win when they cheat and then they win when they don't cheat. So it's hard to know. It's hard to knock the Patriots. Um, but the reason I think that Atlanta is going to win is so far in this postseason, they have won – a lot of close games. Houston has only won one, the first game against Boston. All the other Houston games are blowouts, like last night was a blowout. You can win or lose a blowout. But in a close game, I think Atlanta knows it can win. First two games against the Dodgers, walk-offs, one-run games. 
Um, three against Milwaukee were close games, I thought. And I don't know that Houston can win close games. It's a very small point, and feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. Um, you're not. Six games this postseason, the Astros have won by five or more runs. Those are both blowouts, and maybe you're right. Now, that implies the Astros have a terrible bullpen. They can't win a close game. That is not the case. But I am a big believer that something's going on here with the Braves. Something magical is being written here. And when you win enough walk-off games the way that they have, like they did in one and two against the Dodgers, you start to wonder, all right, what's going on here? And I I firmly believe you win enough games like that, you get to the eighth inning and go, we're going to win tonight. We do this all the time. And that's the kind of role that they're on. Uh, I just I, I will warn you: do not discount this Astros lineup. Uh, they're going to get they're going to get hot at some point. They weren't yeah. last night, but I, I, agree. I would agree the Braves are, are writing something a little bit more magical right now than the Astros are. I don't know. I know Dusty Baker from his time in baseball. He's my age. He's managed a million teams. I know he's never won a World Series. I know he's brought five different teams to the playoffs. I didn't even know the guy's name in Atlanta. And then I saw that he had been, um, I think he'd been with the organization for over 40 years. I don't know anything about him. What what can you tell me about the Atlanta manager? Snitker, is that well, his name? He's, Snitker? Brian Snitker, and he's been in the organization for 45 years. And the interesting part is, after being a player and being washed out as a player, Hank Aaron told him, you need to stick around and manage. Hank Aaron came to him and said, you need to manage. And Brian Snitker had pretty much given up on managing in the big leagues and really hadn't thought about it. He was ready to retire, and all sorts of things happened, and suddenly he's the manager of the Braves. He acknowledged he was ready to go home and retire from baseball when it turns out he becomes the manager of the Braves. And he's done a spectacular job since and it's all because he doesn't mess with analytics. He doesn't mess with uh, new school stuff. He just plays the best players and says, go get him. His press conferences are, are great because it's just like talking to a guy who managed in the 70s. You may not like the guy from the 70s, but we're making a little comeback here, Tony. We've got a 66-year-old manager and a 72-year-old manager in the World yeah. Series. And their pitching coaches are really old also. And Brian Snitker's son, Troy, is the assistant hitting coach for the Astros. Right across the right across wow. the hall. It's tremendous. Now I don't want to discount the Astros and and that infield, that is a resilient and tough guy infield. Those guys were there in two thousand seventeen and they've taken all the cat calls that are out there and they're back in the World Series. It would not surprise me if the, if they win. Uh, and I would and I find them admirable, those four guys at least, on, on a lot of levels. So it's hard to root for them. But I don't want to discount them. But I will say that, I mean, I do, I sort of lean towards Atlanta. And, and one, just to get you out of here on this, the World Series has been going on for over 100 years. And so there's the first guy ever to be the first batter in a game and hit one out? Ever? Tony, I was shocked to see that. And I love, love, love stuff like that. And the Braves were the only team ever 
to score in each of the first three innings of Game One of the World Series. You would have Ever? thought since we've been playing, yes, yeah, since 1903, that yeah. some team would have scored in the first three innings of Game One of the World Series, but that had never happened either. So last night was a was a remarkable night in a lot of ways. We had a guy pitching with a broken leg. Guy had a home run to start a World Series game. Never happened before. It was it was a, an amazing night at Minute Maid Park. It was really good to watch. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Tim. Okay, Tony. See you. Tim Kirkchin, boys and girls. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will join us when we return. He'll bet on some games. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening. You're listening. To the Tony Kornheiser Show. There's big news from Simply Safe, and that's why this is a Simply Safe ad. They just launched a new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help you keep you and your family safe. I've said this before that when I walk the dog, and I walk through the neighborhood. Right. A lot of people have Simply Safe. Sure, a lot of people do. Good-looking signs. It has. Uh, they have nice signs. This particular system has an ultra-wide, 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. Here's the sentence I don't really understand. It has 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. 1080. Yeah, 1080. 1080p. Oh, okay. That means you can see how stupid I am. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates. <coughs> Excuse me, to capture critical evidence. Unless a trailer has no license plates. <laughs> Unless they've been deliberately removed. It has a built-in spotlight <laughs> with color night vision. So you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. This always reminds me of, of Platoon. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet. can go anywhere on your property. The camera has it all and integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected. And now your property will be, too. If you're going to get a security system, and I say this, you know, for Simply Safe, but just in general, if you're going to get the security system and they offer you the camera, get the camera. Absolutely. Don't be stupid. Get the camera. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit Simply Safe, S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Tony. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and by giving your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Tony. Use the code. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Oliver Kaplan. This is from his new album called Watershed. Elliot Olshansky said to him, his former college roommate, you got anything with a French horn <laughs> for Chuck Todd? Oliver kindly obliged and also suggested flow, the third move, F-L-O-W, the third movement of the title composition, Watershed, on which the horn is played by Ann Howarth. Michael, if people like Oliver Kaplan, who are far better than the show deserves, want to send their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And are we selling anything? More French horn. Uh, yes, the TK Apple <laughs> code is still active at Johnny O. And That's again, shacket season. The yeah. wind is up this morning. I wear it every single day now. Yeah. 
So when Chuck, when you hear a French horn, do you get weak in the yeah. knees? Do you get nostalgic? Do you I, think I could yes, be doing I this? Yes, I do. I'm a yes. Look, I I I love the French horn. I tell you, you know, can can I just tell you how happy I was? I'll never forget. I'm at the Steel Wheels concert, the first Rome, final concert Rolling of the Rolling Stones. Stones. You know, back in '89, it was the first time they were on their final concert tour, right? Right. Yes, and they're still on it. I I yeah. I was 17 years old. I was 18 for that concert. And they and you can't always get what you want starts. Yeah. And they they're playing a French horn at a rock concert. I mean, I I thought finally, finally, I'm I'm not <laughs> just the the guy playing the instrument that's only for sympathies. I was it was such a vindication for me in that little moment to see. And then, man, I I that was that is one little French horn solo that I've never forgotten how to play. Is the beginning of you can't always get what you want. Do you? Uh, well, that was that was also relevant. That's the beginning of um, the movie with Kevin Klein, the great movie. The big, yeah, the big chill. The big chill. That's right. Yeah, they big played chill. in that yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah. do you ever think to yourself, okay, you know, I got a nice job now. Meet the press is okay, but if I could go <laughs> on tour with the French horn, <laughs> I'd dump this junk in a heartbeat. <laughs> Look, I uh, the whole reason why I ended up not I just didn't think I would be able to to make it as a French horn player, and then I, uh, you know, end up you know just end up uh, you know in, uh, in the middle classes of, of of music. Nothing wrong with that, but um, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to be good enough to do that to play in a symphony that I was going to end up and I and I, you know end up a band director. Not that there's anything wrong with a band director. I don't want to make right. that. That isn't what I wanted to end up being. But I, I wish I'll never forget the moment when I knew I wasn't going to be that French horn player. Ended up at some like state contest, and I'm next to some guy who I was technically better than. But you know, you hear somebody. It's like when you hear somebody sing, and you're like, "Oh my god, how I yeah. wish I had that voice." Yeah. I heard them play, and it's like I can never make the horn sound like that. Like that's just not. It was just this. That was actually that moment. You're just like. No matter how technically correct I was, and I had a teacher that'd say, "You know, you're technically better than I am," but I couldn't. The sound, just just like a, a singer, no matter how much you learn the specifics, the technicalities of music, you either have it or you don't. That's a lovely yeah. story. And so you picked up yeah. a newspaper, and there was a political story on yeah. A One, and you said, yeah. "Let me do this. I, I, I can did. do I this." Clipping Miami Herald articles on congressional races for a cousin of mine, and yeah, and the rest of there the you history. go. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You you almost saved yourself on Monday night because Seattle was getting five at home. And so in a 13-10 game, they won. You finished three and four. You're 21-27 and one. You were I don't know that you were lucky. Weekend. That just it was, was a brutal weekend of football. It wasn't very good. And then what you did see was terrible. Yeah, I think that's true. That was the first bad yeah. week as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the Monday the night game. Monday night game was absolutely terrible. Yes, it was terrible. A family Nobody wedding, and I enjoyed that a hell of a lot more than any of the football. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, for ten years, when you get you get New Orleans and Seattle, you're getting Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. You're not getting Geno Smith and Jameis Winston. Geno Smith, who I didn't even know, was in the league. So we moved to this week and, and a tsunami, whatever the hell. That yeah, that's was. right. That was second game in a row because the Sunday night game had that in San Francisco. Yeah. And it's no fun to watch. No. Snow is fun to watch. Rain is not fun to watch. All right. Uh, tomorrow night's game at first. 
figured to be one of the great games of the season. Green Bay, which has won six in a row at Arizona, the only unbeaten team in the league at 7-0. and And then you find out that Devontae Adams, and I think we're still not sure if Devontae Adams can or cannot play. The line went from Green Bay plus three to now Green Bay plus six and a half. This is an enormous jump in a 48-hour period. It will probably, if once Devontae Adams is absolutely ruled out, if that happens, it will go higher. Arizona's good. They are good. They're at home. They're good. They haven't been on center stage much, although they beat the Rams in the Rams' house. That's a pretty big win. I know you love Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Will you take the six and a half? I really want to because I think that Aaron, that Rod, there's a part of me that thinks he's going to have this. Oh yeah, I have no receiver, uh, receivers. Yeah. The young kid over there is getting all the MVP hype. You know, hold you know hold my uh, hold my MVP trophies and let me show you how it's done. Right. Like yeah. there's a small part of me that could see him having one of those, you know, f the haters game. I guess is is a, is a way to put it. But she and and I also think that the Packers are going to run on the Cardinals pretty well. I think there's going to be a big dose of Aaron Jones, and I think he's going to have a big game in, in fantasy owners. But I don't know. I, I you know, Devontae Adams is it, it. It I don't know where they go without both Lazard and Adams. So. Lazard to out. Yeah, yeah. L- Lazard is out it, it at is. this point, and they're okay. already down. Um, they've already been down a receiver from the beginning of the year, so it's a pretty thin receiving core. So it's and and we saw this with what was it Tennessee the week they were without their best two receivers. They lost to the Jets, and we now know that when Tennessee's Jets. healthy, they could yeah, beat other good. teams. So yeah, because I, they beat I, Buffalo I, and KC yeah. in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. You take Arizona. The receivers. So give me Arizona. Pittsburgh, a middling team, if that, with an aging quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, is minus three and a half at Cleveland. Cleveland does not have Baker Mayfield. They've got Case Keenum. Case Keenum has worked for this coach before and worked well for Kevin Stefanski. It's a sort of interesting game. To me, if Cleveland doesn't win this game, just stop talking about Cleveland, which I'd like to do anyway. But who do you like in this game? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I sort of, I, I just, this is for me betting against Pittsburgh, not really betting on Cleveland. I mean, I do think Case Keenum is is the ultimate like competent backup guy. I mean, he let's is. not forget didn't he didn't he win ten or eleven games for Minnesota that one year? Eleven and three. Um, eleven and three. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I, I just, you know, there's. Uh, did you see the uh, Mike Tomlin to USC rumors? Yeah, we, we t- uh, talked about that yesterday on PTI. He said, you never say yeah. never, but never. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, he's, but he also went ahead and said never say never, which I just yes. think is interesting. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not a believer in Pittsburgh. That's really what this bet's about, less about confidence in Cleveland. But give me, give me okay. the points and the points. Tennessee, which we talked about briefly, Tennessee has beaten in a row Buffalo and Kansas City. That's pretty good. Tennessee is at Indianapolis. They're the favorite, but they're only giving one. They're only giving one. This is a head-scratcher for me a little bit, and I wonder if it is for you. Well, but have you noticed what the Colts have been doing lately? You Playing know, well. Quietly. Solid. Yeah. Solid. This, Wentz this is, has been good. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and I think this is, a, this is a game where you're sitting there going, Tennessee's overperformed two weeks in a row. Are they going to overperform three weeks in a row? You know? little bit of take your winnings and go home yeah this could it could have been uh, what happened to baltimore against cincinnati yes 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But they're both coming off big wins here. Um, Give me Tennessee because they're the better team. I I just never – I'm never feeling good being with Carson. The problem is you don't always feel confident being on the side of Carson because you don't know what Carson wants you're going to get. Right, and he could get hurt in the first play of the game. He could be out forever. Right. The next right. game, New England is getting five and a half at the Chargers. Do not be fooled by New England putting 88 points up on the Jets. <laughs> Do not be fooled by that. Uh, you know, New, New England's not a very good team. They're not a very good team. The Chargers got beat down by Baltimore, but they are a good team, and they've had a bye, have they not? Aren't they coming out of a bye in their yeah, home? Yeah. Who you got in this one? Will you take the five and a half? I don't, I'm, I'm indicating I would not. That's just me. Yeah, it's, no, but I, you know, five and a half, that's such a – I hate those spreads, those four and five-point spreads. Um, look, I, 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 I'm, I am hesitant to bet against Belichick and, and, and Justin Herbert. I'm very curious to see how he does against him. But after watching what Dallas did to New England, and, you know, they, I just don't know if New England can keep up with the Chargers. Just don't have the offense to keep up, so I, I'd, I'd rather be on the side of the Chargers here. But I don't, I, I don't know if I would lay real money on this because of okay a lot of it, it, I could see the Chargers having to do one of their field goal games to to win this game. But give me the Chargers. If you don't like five and a half, you're not going to like five. That's the next game. Yeah, Tampa yeah. Bay on the road minus five at New Orleans. New Orleans is not a good team. I know they're four and two. They are an unimpressive. Four and two. They had a great game in the opening game against Green Bay. And then I don't know what they've done that's so terrific. Tampa Bay, you know, you talk about, you said before how Aaron Rodgers would say, Kyler Murray, you know, what gives you the right to be the MVP? Tom Brady is the MVP. Tom Brady has 21 touchdown passes in seven games. Nobody's going to vote for Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a god walking on the earth this year so far. He really is. Will you give the five? I think I will. I, I There's a part of me that thinks this is one of those Tampa sleepwalking games uh-huh. coupled with the, the Saints really need to win this. Uh, oh, they lost twice last year in the regular season to New Orleans. Tampa Bay did. They did. Right. Yeah, that's right. That was they did do breeze. That. And then, that and then was breeze, the third so. time. And then they did they face the third. Did they face the yes. third time in the playoffs? In the playoffs, yeah. killed them. Yes, <laughs> yes killed exactly. them. Yes. Um. So I, I this has that feel, you know, of of you could see New Orleans in their inconsistency to playing well in this game. But again, I go back with who would you rather be with? Right? You, you, you're really going to sit here and 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 take points to Jameis Winston with with Brady on the other side. So. I'll, I'll sit with Brady, but this the only thing that concerns me is it could be one of their sleepwalking games. Okay. That's, uh, that's totally fair. Dallas, which doesn't sneak up on anybody because Dallas gets hyped all the time, is a road favorite at Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, though I hate to admit this because I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, is doing very, very well this year. Minnesota has picked itself up off the ground, I think. I think Minnesota is sneaky good. Dallas, again, mm-hmm. there's no sneak about it. I'm two and a half, two and a half, you know, I, I don't know if people are looking at Minnesota accurately. I think Minnesota's a little bit better than that. Who do you take in this game? Well, do you believe Minnesota will win this game? They can win this game, but do you believe they will right. win this game? That's, that's, you know, so if you're taking Minnesota in the 
and a half, you really believe they're going to win the game. That's right. That's right. Uh, and I, by the way, I think this might be the best game, the most watchable game on the board for the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could really, you could see Cousins is one of those that does play up to his competition. You could see him going um, touchdown for touchdown with Dak for a while. And then the crucial pick six late in the game, that'll somehow keep Dallas ahead, right? Like you just sort of, so uh, give me Dallas. I will love this over for what it's worth for all of, for, for you totals players out there. uh, Okay. I think it's the best game, most interesting game on the board. One more game, and it looks like a stink pot. The Washington football team, which isn't any good. And very disappointing, actually. It's fun to watch Taylor Heineke, but they don't actually win. Playing Denver. Denver is Denver is below uh, the surface of the earth at the moment. They're under totally underwater. They started out by winning three. They've lost. They and Carolina, they've just bottomed out. Denver stinks. I mean, let's be fair. Denver is a bad team, and Washington is a bad team. Washington has given up. I think there's only one team in the league, Miami, that's given up more points than Washington, or maybe Washington has given up the most points in the league. Their defense, highly overrated, you know, on the results so far. Washington getting three. You know, they didn't. Did they play poorly against Green Bay or not, right? They lived in the red zone. They did not play poorly. Yes, they were 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 constantly on the verge of scoring. They just never scored. And didn't. Right. Right, they didn't. Uh, I'm with you on Denver, too. They stink. This this game, I don't know if it wasn't for the fact that Denver and the Washington markets are major markets. They couldn't send this to a small. can Can they flex this to London? Can they just take <laughs> this game out of America? Like this Don't do that to us. a.m. game all written all over it, right? Like nobody automatic. wants to see this game. Nobody. There's no. Yeah, there's nothing. Don't put it on my red zone. Like you'll be pissed yeah. off when it comes on your red. You're like, damn it! Don't give me that game. Let's see this. Um, <laughs> I, look, I guess I'm going to take the the Washington football team here. What, what, what is the line? It's two. three. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about the line. It's three. Three. And and. I guess I'm going to give them because Denver looks like on the verge of collapse, too. They're terrible. They're they're two terrible teams, and so I guess I'm going to take Ron. I guess I'm taking Ron Rivera over Vic Fangio. You know what I mean? Like, he'll somehow have his guys slightly more ready to play than than the other guy. I think this is the one week that I think I would take them as well. All right, good luck with this, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Chuck. Sounds good, guys. Bye. And if we ever just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough, especially with the French horn recollections. Right. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Sing along, kids. got the vikes, vikes. Sometimes he throws boom, boom, he's had too much Johnny, Johnny Walker blue. Keep on walking, as they say. Keep on walking. All right. Did you go to the zoo? I did. I went to the zoo. It's a very festive atmosphere. Of course, he, had a, he won last week. He was 2-1 last week. 
last two week. He's eight and twelve overall. Yeah, he's not bad for a monkey. Not bad for a monkey. First winning week of the season, yes. so he's you know he feels like he's getting some momentum. Big celebration! It was uh, the, the Halloween party at his flat at the zoo. I stopped by. It's very crowded, but I want to point out first of all his costume. I think you like this. As he tends to do in most years, we're dressed up as Tony Kleinman. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah big fan of Listen Up. Listen and it was up. a huge hit at the party. But some of the notable people there, Bud Grant, of, of course. Of course, in a T-shirt. <laughs> right, not cold at all. Shirley MacLaine, Usain Bolt, and Bobby Vinton was out. Bobby so, Vinton. Yeah. Red roses for a blue lady. <laughs> Yeah, right. Bobby Vinton. So they took some time out from the festivities. Uh, so Reginald came over and went some, over the, some of these games. I mean, now the first uh, match we gave him was uh, Pittsburgh getting three and a half at Cleveland. Uh, and he showed me an old photograph of him deep sea fishing with John Candelaria, Lynn Swan, and Chuck Tanner. So tells me he's a, got affinity for Pittsburgh and he will take the Steelers in this is This is the Hill game. I mean, this is you plant the flag on the Hill if you're Pittsburgh. Yeah. If you don't win this game, it's, your season's over. Yeah. Because you're not as good as Baltimore, and you're not as good as Cincinnati, right? No. If you can't beat Cleveland, that's it. You're, you're going down the drain. And like you said with Chuck, if Cleveland doesn't win this, yeah. just stop with the Super Bowl. It actually should be a good game to watch. Should be. Should yeah. be. Uh, the next one we gave him was uh, New England getting five and a half at the Los Angeles Chargers. That still feels strange to say. Uh, and he showed me a clipping of, of, of a newspaper of him in Faneuil Hall just walking around with Steve Grogan, Mosi Tatupu, and Rick the Rooster Burleson. So, clearly, very strong ties to the Boston area. He will take the Patriots in that. I, I'm going the other way on that game. <laughs> I think a lot of people will. I'm going the other way. Yes. Uh, now, the final contest we gave him was, of course, the Washington football team at uh, Denver getting three. And he often takes the Washington football team, but you'd be surprised. This should be a nice photograph on his cell phone of him riding in bumper cars at a county fair with Terrell Davis, John Elway, and Carl Mecklenburg. I am surprised. I would take Washington in this game. He likes the I Broncos. Would. I would. I would not. I, I would not go with Denver in this game. You uh, sure he wants Denver? It's a silly monkey. Yes. It's a silly monkey. All right, that's good. We'll take a break. Uh, we will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the word tune read. Michael has to help me out with word tune because it talks about teams, and I don't really understand the concept of teams in terms of business because what I do is solo deal. I'm not... Right. Although I am a team player, I don't understand teams. So let's start. Every year, U.S. businesses waste over $400 billion. I wouldn't That's describe you as a team player, just FYI. <laughs> $400 billion because bad writing causes confusion, misses the mark, or just takes too long to get to the point. On the flip side, better writing also helps businesses win and impress customers, enhance brand perception, improve internal communication, and strengthen relationships with critical partners. And I agree with all of that, which is why I was a good writer. Right, because I understood that, even though I didn't do anything with business. This right. is huge. But for listeners to this high-quality podcast that want to improve their entire team's writing right now, WordTune Teams is 50% off. That's 50%. Michael, can you explain the concept of teams? So, again, let's say you're working with a small team. That might be your team that helps get a TV show out there. And imagine if there is this, uh, there's various levels of comfort when it comes to uh, written communication. There's power in clear communication. So you can make sure that everyone has that confidence and that your, say, external, uh, external facing communication is all on the same level. Did you hear that, kids? WordTune improves writing efficiency up to four times. Better, faster writing means better business. And right now, my listeners can get 50% off WordTune for teams at wordtune.com slash Tony. 
If you want to see the benefit of WordTune, you can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com slash Tony. But the 50% discount is only available for a limited time and only available for teams. You may never see a discount like this again. Your team can start writing better right away for 50% off. That's half price at wordtune.com slash Tony. And don't be idiots. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Missouri Marching Band. Fabulous. This sounds like homecoming. Just <laughs> fabulous. Really Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please? Yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled, my friend. That will just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say he's a hairy-handed gent who ran a monk at Kent. Lately, he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. <laughs> I'd like to meet his tailor. Ow. Werewolves of London, the late, great yes. Warren Zevon. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Tim Kirkchin. Thanks to today's sponsors, Simply Safe, Word Tune, and X Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. This is um, sent to us from Susan Schiaretto. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Dear Mr. Tony, your show stinks. <laughs> I have to tell you, I feel like we are paisan. Because I was born in Bayshore General and hail from the lovely hamlet of Hophog, which I know you will pronounce correctly. My father managed the Grant Store in Brentwood, which probably only you and I remember, where he frequented Brentwood Country Club as a semi-professional golfer. Mr. Tony, I was driving behind a pretentious Subaru owner, whose license plate read, I'm one. He decided his car could do 50 around the 30 mile an hour curve and was terribly wrong. He was fine. He only scraped the entire driver's side on the metal guardrail. Definitely bruised his ego. I stopped to check him, obviously, because I'm a truly decent human being and used to volunteer for the town ambulance corp. However, I'm going to hell because I said it had to be a Subaru, to which the driver replied, what? And I said, never mind, you wouldn't understand, and subsequently started laughing hysterically while this poor man is sitting there in shock in his destroyed car. You've also ruined my radio listening experience because Subaru sponsors the only Philadelphia, that's right, Wilbon, Philadelphia I-95 radio station I listen to while I work after your podcast. I make handmade artisanal gourmet gum and would love my gum leaflets to be the official artisanal gum of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Of course, samples, samples will be arriving soon. I'll hang up and listen to your response. The most faithful listeners, the husband and wife team of John and Susan, Shiretto, Shiretto, okay? That's fabulous. Isn't and that those great? are hot is, of course, Brentwood. They're all on Long Island. I believe Mitch Kupchak is from Brentwood, oh, Long really? Island. From Ron Lewinsky in Wyandotte, artisanal Michigan. Artisanal gum. How about that? I what go through that some gum when I drive. <laughs> For Tony, it's not artisanal. Is the Johnny O jacket a combination of a shawl and a jacket? It's not a shawl. It's no, a sweater but I, and a I jacket. I can see where the confusion comes from. Yeah, it's high collared. Yeah, but it's not. No, it's not a shawl. Here's a haiku from Shad. Some work on their flaws. I believe mine are charming. It's why we listen. Yeah, but I know my flaws. That's the whole. Point. Most of them. Here's one from Elliot Olshansky. 
and along with sending the music today. I like raisins too. I put them in my cereal. I put them in my oatmeal. I encourage my two masculine children to eat them when they're having trouble going to the bathroom. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage makes fun of me for liking oatmeal raisin cookies when they're chewy as much as chocolate chip cookies. Me too. I love me those. too. However, when you said masculine children put on their Paw Patrol and Power Rangers costumes on Halloween, I do not want to see their little plastic cauldrons receive boxes of raisins. I'll buy my own raisins. Thank you very much. <laughs> Snickers, Reese's, Three Musketeers, Tootsie Rolls. Hey, I'll even go for fun size payday bars. Best regards from Suffolk County, where the woman to whom I'm related by marriage still talks about the Halloween where she saved her Rolos to eat last, only for her dog to get them first. Boots in the Hammer, Chase and Marshall. Rolos are those little circular candies, yeah, chocolate outside, caramel on yeah, the Yeah, chocolate-covered caramel. Peter Polk Watch those in the freezer. In Southington, Connecticut. Hey, Grandpa, now that you gave Michael the cape, how long before he gets the associated tights? There are no tights. That's <laughs> no, just a cape. Tights. It's just no, they're, a cape. they're joggers. Patrick from Atlanta. <laughs> Yes, I'm a Braves fan, may have a little bias here, but while this isn't the World Series matchup the baseball world wanted, maybe it's the one it needed. Major League Baseball lost one of its most important people to ever play the game earlier this year in Hank Aaron, whose 715th home run came against none other than the L.A. Dodgers, and the man in the on-deck circle that day was Dusty Baker. Yes, the now manager of the Houston Astros, who the Braves will face in the World Series, was batting fifth that day for the Braves just behind Aaron. Maybe I'm just a sucker for Hollywood-type endings, but this sounds like it could be the making of one. P.S. Would you mind giving me one of Wilbon's addresses? I have some crow he needs to eat for saying the Dodgers would 100% win after the way game three ended. He knows that. From Nathan Mark, or Mark Nathan. It was while listening to Saturday's pod, New Zealand time, during the ad break, where you talked about not liking the TV show Friends, that I realized you, an old orange guy living in Washington, who is on TV and radio for a job, and me, a rugby-loving Kiwi from a small rural town in the center of North Island, whose job is to look after the crops and feed for 200 dairy farms. We are nothing alike. It's a shame. <laughs> I, didn't say, I just said I didn't watch Friends. It wasn't me. Friends wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't no, you, you, you said you didn't find it funny. Then you, yeah. then you sort of felt embarrassed, so you tried to walk that back. Well, so I you liked some of the individual performers yeah. funny. Okay. Mostly the Lin women. Lindsay Ryan in St. Paul. Min no, I did say. You like Schwimmer. No, I said that the other guy had a great second show. Oh, Matt LeBlanc. The little, yeah. the little chunky guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. Was a terrific show. Lindsay Ryan in St. Paul, Minnesota. Last weekend, my boyfriend, Matthew Hagen, proposed. You read an email from him about a year ago in which he ruthlessly attacked my correct opinions on grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Despite his flaws, including his absurd love of this podcast, I said yes. It was of no surprise to me that the proposal tangentially in included our continued debate regarding grilled cheese versus melt definitions, <laughs> which is fueled relentlessly by your podcast. It also came as no surprise when his brother, another loyal little brother's response to our news over FaceTime was, quote, you better get the invitation to Tony. When did one of the biggest moments of my life get wrapped up in this podcast? This podcast stinks. I really admire this from Lindsay Ryan. Now, I oh, wonder in the, in the melt discussion, does she ever put cheese on the outside? Ooh. Next level torta. Oh, no. <laughs> this is from Mahela D'Ambrosis, who says, I thought I would send you an email thanking you for our service to our family over the last couple of years. You have been the voice playing in the background of my life, and that's not something I thought I would enjoy, but oddly I do. My husband, Dave, is a pediatric oncologist. That's hard work. Yeah. We have spent the last four years moving our young family, three and a half year old twins and a five month old baby around the world. First Manchester in the UK, Nigel, and then Auckland in New Zealand, while Dave, and it says whilst, whilst Dave finishes his training. Dave has just landed his dream job at the Children's Hospital in Brisbane, Australia, where we are from and we are about to move home. 
I'm not one for American sport, but listening to your show on a weekend morning with my husband drinking a coffee is going to be one of those memories I will look back fondly on. Your voice is very soothing, and during this pandemic, anything that is soothing is worth holding on to. So thank you from two Aussies for keeping us informed and calm during a few crazy years. P.S. If you were at all able to give a shout out to Dr. Dave, it would mean the world to him, especially since he is in such mourning because his football team, the Brisbane Broncos, are really crashing out. Thanks. How charming is that? Wow. charming is Love that? that? And we'll do one more because it's from Steve the Sycophant. You missed a fantastic Hallmark TV movie on Friday night, Big T. So I hope your darling wife recorded it. The title, You, Me, and the Christmas Tree. The plot, Olivia is an arborist who decides to help Christmas tree farmer Jack. As they investigate why Jack's furs keep dying, the pair grows closer. Sachmo, who can resist that? Please give us the ending on a later podcast as I only have time to keep rewatching President Obama on PTI as he deifies you and Mr. Mike. Keep on potting. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, indeed, do wear white. Okay, we wound up 5 and 11. Not very good. Um, Not the worst. But there was some worse than us. I guess that's one positive way to look at it. We weren't the worst team in the league. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs>
Thank you.